Welcome to the Affiliate Mastery Podcast, a show about making money online and mastering the affiliate game. Your host, Frank Chan. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Affiliate Mastery Podcast. I'll be your host, Frank Chen, and I have a banger of an episode for you guys today. Really excited to talk about today's topic because it pertains to getting sales, to getting your products out there, and it's all about webinars. So I'm going to be talking to you guys about the winning webinar formula, which I help set up for my clients, as well as what we typically see within our industry day to day. And, you know, really after promoting thousands of webinars, VSLs, and, you know, for those who don't know VSLs, there's video sales letters and working with some of the top industry leaders in the country, I really had the unique opportunity to see how different businesses with all types of marketing budgets set up and test their webinars. Now, these are companies that have spent anywhere between 25000 to 50000 even as high as $100,000 per month on Facebook and YouTube advertising. So what you're about to learn today is really a culmination of best practices from some of the top real estate info marketers in the country. Now, if you are happening to watch this or listen to this and you're not in the real estate info space, this can still apply to your industry. But if you are in the real estate space, I would really turn this into your Bible or your guideline or blueprint for setting up webinars in the near future. Now, I will be giving away a free download, which is pretty much what we're covering today, but in a lot more detail. It's like a 10-page ebook, um, really showing you and walking you through what softwares I recommend, the best schedule to use, why, and of course, answering some of the most common questions I get regarding the setup of these calls. So I created this hopefully to create a lot more value for you, but let's go ahead and dive on in and let's get started. So very first, what I really want to talk about is the difference between manual and automated webinars, right? Now, many of us getting into this space are going to be going through a website, maybe like ClickFunnels, Easy Webinar, EverWebinar, an automated format. And some people use live formats like GoToWebinar and Zoom, and I'm sure there are a few others. Now, there are pros and cons to both, right? Now, let's first talk about Zoom, okay? I know that has gained so much popularity since the start of COVID. Their stocks went crazy. Um, they're reallocating funds. But the bottom line is that Zoom is still great for meetings. And I know some people host webinars or try to do sales format through Zoom, and that's all good, but I haven't seen anybody take Zoom and scale it with Facebook advertising. It's still a very manual process, right? So again, I think Zoom is great for things like you know, events, virtual events, summits. If you're planning on doing things like StreamYard or Restream, where you can stream your Zoom calls into Facebook groups, um, then yeah, Zoom is great. It allows you to get in front of your audience, get face-to-face, -face, do breakout rooms, cool some, you know, some other cool features and backgrounds and things like that. Again, great for live settings. But I believe if you're going to be scaling your webinars and trying to start spitting ads um, and you know monetizing your leads, really you know in, you know intense follow-up campaigns, then you're going to want to start looking at more of an automated funnel, 
okay? But let's talk about the manual process real quick, which is what I've used for more than a decade now is GoToWebinar. And GoToWebinar's been around forever. They're known as the meeting software. They also have webinar software. And they've made a lot of cool improvements to it, but the bottom line is it's still a manual process, meaning you can set up one call, um, but you're going to have to go back and update it every few weeks versus other types of automated. You can set it and forget it, right? So what I say is GoToWebinar is great for like live webinars. So this is where you can actually do like pre-records. If you don't have an AV person or an audio video person, I highly recommend it. We do have people that are in our industry who record on their own, uh, but really to cut through the BS, it's so much more time consuming to edit your ums and ahs and audio and mixing, matching your affiliate intros and outros with your body. There's a lot of work. You know, I think people in the audio video uh, space do not get enough credit for the magic they can work. Um, there's one company that I work with and man, when I know they're going to put a file together, I literally have the most absolute peace of mind that when I get this file back, it's going to be done correctly. I've worked with them for over eight years. They're absolutely amazing. And anytime I work with someone else who's like, oh, I'll just record it using Camtasia or my own software, there's always that variable of mistakes because it's not their job to really pay attention to specific details or how things are synced or how audio sound. Again, it's not your forte or what they do every day. So that attention to detail is missed. So a really big part of a winning webinar formula is making sure that your webinar file is dialed in, cleaned, ready to go. The links are correct. The audio sounds good. The last thing you want is someone attending your webinar and asking you, Hey, is this a recording or Hey, that really sounded weird. Or, you know, like giving them the thought that this is not a live call. Okay. Again, I said like live and there is um, some strategy behind that. And a big part of it is working with an AV professional, okay? Now, as for GoToWebinar, you know, my best advice here, again, is to pre-record all of your webinars. Some people are like, well, I wanna go live. That's kind of how I feel, you know, in my element. Just know when you go live, you are uh, really subject to bad internet. What if your Wi-Fi cuts out? Well, the thing with GoToWebinar is if you're, call, if you're hosting your own GoToWebinar and your computer dies or the battery runs out or the internet craps out, everybody gets dropped from that call because you're the organizer. And I can tell you right now, when you re-kick off that call and you send out an email praying that people will get back on, hey, I'm so sorry, I had a technical difficulty, please jump on now, you're gonna lose, lose more than half the people. Unless you have an incredible relationship with them, most people won't get back on because they're like, oh, what happened? If you're not, you haven't captivated them within that time frame of when things kicked out, then you lost a lot more than that, right? So you're definitely subject to that type of issue um, is internet things that you are pretty much out of your control. I've had a webinar once where it was in the middle of a heavy thunderstorm and the lightning hit struck and everything went out in power. But my AV guy was based out of Colorado, so the webinar was still going. So another thing to consider and why that's important, right? Understand that, again, going live, you always run the risk of potential issues that you cannot control. Pre-records allow you to run webinars um, with a little bit more insurance. But know that if you're hosting your own webinars and you're running a replay or an on-demand or you're hosting it, it could still crap out on you if your internet goes out. So I like to double up wherever I can. Um, again, these are revenue-driving opportunities, so you always wanna have a backup plan to your primary plan, okay? 
Um, also, GoToWebinar does require you to uh, either run your own webinar and playbacks or hire someone to do that. Yeah, you do have the option to set up on-demand or watch the replay-style webinars where people can just put their information and immediately kicks off a recording. That's fine. Um, it works. I don't believe it helps with conversions as much. I told you guys this is going to be a winning webinar formula. I'm just letting you know that this is how GoToWebinar substitute the automation side of things, but it's not as intuitive as other softwares, okay? But there is an on-demand and a watch-the-replay functionality that sort of bridges that gap. Now, again, most of my clients for years use GoToWebinar, and if you have trained your list to attend live or attend set scheduled events at specific times, then yeah, GoToWebinar is great. But as you begin to scale and have ad spend, you don't know when people are coming into your webinar funnel. And the timing of your reminders, your emails, your text reminders, which we're gonna talk a little about, uh, about later, are incredibly important uh, when it comes to doing GoToWebinar, an exact time and an exact date. And you have to think about the affiliate side of things. You know, If I set up a webinar and an affiliate is sending out emails, there's going to be some type of disconnect there because they're not going to be able to see how many people have registered, how many people have clicked, um, or not, they're going to see how people click, but registered for your webinar, which in most cases, when you're setting it up yourself, that gives you type of assurance, right? I send out emails, you know, I know my numbers. Are we ahead? Are we lagging on the registration side? Oh, we're ahead. That means people are interested in the topic. Let's send out more emails, right? Or, oh, we're lagging. We need to make some adjustments. So when working with affiliates, it's all about the timing. And if I've learned anything working with affiliates, that's probably the most difficult thing is getting them to send out the email exactly when I need them to send it to get people on the call. The difference between sending an email out the right time versus the wrong time can be about a 20% swing, okay? Which I mean from 30 to 40% is typically what we look for from total registrations to attendance. But then without the right timing of emails, that 20 to, I mean, that 30 to 40% could go as low as 10%, 10 to 20%. That is a huge amount of numbers um, of people missing your webinar. So that's one of the only faults I have with GoToWebinar is when working with affiliates, it's just not as efficient as automated webinars, okay? So that's kind of my spiel on GoToWebinar. I still use it with some of my clients. It's still a manual process. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it serves its functionality and we still get sales with it all the time, okay? The next thing we want to talk about is EverWebinar. There's other softwares like EasyWebinar um, and, and a few others, but I only stick with EverWebinar because it integrates well with a lot of the softwares that we use, like WordPress, Infusionsoft, and other, any other in integrations you're using with things like Zapier, which is kind of like an API integrating software, okay? So EverWebinar is very, very popular. Um, it's again, best for paid ads. Whether you're spending $100 a month or $50,000 a month, think about it this way. If it's good enough for someone spending a lot more than you per month on ads, it's good enough for you, right? Um, and they're, plus, they're probably doing a lot more integrations and follow-ups, using a lot more features. So as a basic level, well, Frank, do I need something this complicated or this expensive? EverWebinar is not expensive at all for the entire year. I think it's like a few hundred bucks. And one webinar sale of five or six products, five to 10 products can more than make up for this um, month to month, right? So I highly recommend if you're trying to 
automate or uh, maximize your dollar on ads, then EverWebinar automation is the way to go. Now, the only major con I would at least see working with EverWebinar is that it trains your audience that there is always a webinar available when they need it. Understand I said this about the live or automated. You as the list owner or the person that people are there for, you're essentially training them what to do. When you send out emails, when they should attend, um, what system they should probably get used to seeing in terms of the landing page, because it's diff it can be different on both sides. And imagine if I'm using one format for two, three, four, five years, and then immediately I, send it, I, sh I shift it to something else, it's going to throw some people off on your list. So it's not something I recommend switching between the two all the time. You could split test if you like, but you will notice an obvious winner and it's safe to say, just stick with the winner, okay? If your people like live, stick with live. Yes, it's manual, but if they love EverWebinar and you're getting just much better stats in terms of sales, then stick with EverWebinar, okay? So back to my original point is for some, they do say that EverWebinar does have that additive convenience, which is great for others, but they also believe that it slowly decreases the attentiveness and action of your list. Meaning you may see some really solid numbers out of the, out of the gate if it's your first time using it. You dial in the process, the numbers get even better. But over time, once they see this format and realize, okay, well, there's always a webinar available. We call it the just-in-time webinar. I'll just watch it later. Right now, you can easily overcome this by building urgency into your webinar process, but more on that later. Okay, now the main features I really want to focus on, I don't want to dive too deep into ever webinar, it's not a tutorial or a demo of this. I just want to show you some of the pros and cons, what I like about it, what you can expect. EverWebinar does have plenty of landing page templates to choose from, and typically I'll take a rough average. I'll look at maybe 5, 10, 15 di different people's landing pages, figure out what everybody's doing well, and then model it after that, right? But there's plenty of templates you can choose from. You can even use custom pages where I've had people build, out it, build it out on WordPress, and they just link it to their EverWebinar, and it's an intermediate landing page. So there is some customization components to EverWebinar um, in case that's important to you. Okay, the next thing is the just-in-time feature. Now, like I said about GoToWebinar, you have very set times and dates. You do have the on-demand or replay feature, but again, that doesn't really tell you when it's available. Now, the just-in-time feature in EverWebinar, there's a countdown box. I think it gives you like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or 45. Ideally, you want something to show up every 15 minutes. So whether I attend at 8 a.m. or 5 a.m., there's always a time available. They even have ways to block off times where there's nothing available between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. because who's doing a webinar at three in the morning, right? So they still wanna give you that illusion that it's a live webinar. I think over time people just know it's, it's an automated funnel, but it's cool they just are thoughtful about that, right? So uh, just-in-time feature is always a plus, so it doesn't matter when people land there, which is why it's great for ads, right? It doesn't matter when your ads are running, there's always a time available. Another thing is integrations, okay? Um, certain things with GoToWebinar, you have to do API integrations, and sometimes that doesn't, you know, sometimes it breaks depending on what it's connected to. That's something I struggled with uh, quite often. Every time, you know, WordPress updated or GoToWebinar updated with my easy texting software, these all would break at some point and we wouldn't know until we're setting up the webinar, right? But with EverWebinar, they do have an easy integration process where it's super easy to integrate with your uh, special keys, with text messaging, 
with Infusionsoft, with ActiveCampaign, which are emailing systems. So it's very easy to connect your softwares to EverWebinar uh, and have them communicate with each other, okay? I do like that quite a bit. Um, you can use Twilio, which is I think their main text uh, message reminder uh, software integration. There's also more intuitive email reminders based on hour 15. You can customize those emails and it comes from EverWebinar. I think those definitely add to your overall conversions. And what I love about this is that it's very step-by-step -step when you set up your call, meaning what, it, what I want it to look like, the next step, and you're not able to push publish until you figure it out, until you fill out all, um, every step of the process, right? But it is pretty simple to use and the reporting isn't too bad either. I do think that GoToWebinar has better reporting. And again, when I choose a software, it comes down to reporting. Some people are like, well, about ClickFunnels, how about Kartra? I've used those as well. You know, go high level, like whatever other software you want to say, I've used it to some degree. And at, and at every level, the reporting um, lacks in most of these softwares. I love GoToWebinar and EverWebinar the best because I've been able to reverse engineer those numbers with other tracking metrics in place to get pretty close to accurate numbers with both of these softwares. All the ones I listed before that's not in this list are a bit more difficult to gather data from, okay? Now, you can always cover it with, I think it's like i360 tracker and those other like Google analytics and things like that. If you're that uh, granular, then you should be fine either way, as long as you're using like pixelated code um, to capture that data. But without any of that stuff, I think EverWebinar and GoToWebinar are pretty solid, okay? Now, again, I don't wanna to spend too, many, too much time on the features. You can always sign up for these accounts, go inside, take a look. We'll usually include a link to check those out in the, in the show notes or the description. But these are what I use most commonly for the last 10 years and, or at least with, you know, during these last 10 years and I enjoy it quite a bit. Now, bottom line, if you're looking to focus on ad spend, okay, this is really the kind of that decision diamond, which direction I would go. It all comes down to if you're spending money on ads or not, right? If you are, EverWebinar is the go. If not, it really doesn't matter which way you go. Just know it. One is very manual or a lot more manual than the other option, okay? Pros and cons to each. If I had to choose a slight winner, it would be ever webinar. Okay. Now, uh, again, this is all about a winning webinar formula. Uh, in this free download that I'll be giving to everybody who listens to today's episode and moving forward, I also show talk about affiliate friendly tracking softwares. There's a lot out there, but in terms of what I believe integrates best with you know, webinar, WordPress, your website, something you can grow into. That will be in this download. You can get that at the affiliateincubator.com forward slash podcast. I'll also include a link at the very end, as well as in the descriptions. You can download this free 10 page ebook on the winning webinar formula. And I'm also gonna include information on email marketing software. The only thing I wanna say here is I highly recommend never sending emails out of the same software that collects money from you. And mainly the two softwares that we deal with are Entreport and Infusionsoft. And then of course there are a few others, but it's okay to send like login information or automated confirmation emails from your CRMs. But if you're doing marketing out of there where you're sending quite, uh, sending quite often, then I highly recommend switching to an actual email marketing software that's dedicated to that only and let your CRM collect the money and fulfillment, okay? This will protect you in case you do send too much, e too many emails or for some reason you get a spam rating or you're getting uh, 
just reported on that, your account doesn't get shut down, your money isn't frozen, and you're like, oh crap. This happened, this happened to a few of my clients over the last five years. Um, it takes about two to three months to transition everything over from one account to the other, to season your new email account. It takes time, a lot of patience. So please take that with a grain of salt, but hopefully you guys can, you know, if you're using this one software to do it all, I highly recommend you reconsider. Okay, same thing with having multiple merchant accounts in case one gets shut down, you have another backup in place. Same exact reasoning for that, okay? Uh, now let's go ahead and dive into the actual winning webinar schedule. Now I'm going to speak my best to those who are brand new to this space. And for those who are, have been doing this for a while, hopefully I'm giving you some, you know, micro ninja tips that are going to help your conversions by hopefully a five to 10% increase. Okay. So this is what you guys have been, you're, you're here for. This is what I call the Holy grail of the scheduling. Um, and in terms of email reminders, text reminders, how many times you should have available. So to give you guys some directions, let's first address the following question, right? Uh, think about a seven day period, Monday through Sunday. You know, some people should I do a webinar for two weeks, three weeks, one week. It really comes down to the promotion. But in most cases, I'm thinking from the affiliate perspective, more in most cases, no one's going to spend more, send more than seven, spend seven, more than seven days marketing a product or an offer. It's usually three to seven days typically, but it really does, does depend. Some affiliates I've worked with promote on Fridays, which I personally feel is the worst day, right? But it works for them. So understanding where you get the most opens, the most attention, and that comes down to just how well do you know your list and community, right? Some like to host on Sunday evenings because it's right before the day before work, you know, people are in the right mindset, getting ready for Monday. Um, now, instead of thinking about all the psychology behind the timing, just focus on giving people more options. That's the key. Like if I was to go to a webinar, I wouldn't just set up one webinar on Wednesday and drive all of my traffic there because what happens if that webinar craps out or something happens? I just put all of my eggs in one basket and now I'm gonna to have to go back and beg them to attend my next webinar. But if they gave them two or three options, if they miss this first one, they always have an option to sit, to register for the second or third one. Now I've tested this with only two options, only three options. And some people even with GoToWebinar will select seven, eight, 10, 15 different options. So when I click on a drop down menu, there's like 10 different options. I highly recommend against that. Okay. It's better if you have something where it's just like, okay, adjust in time if you're doing automated and then two times typically that work best, um, for myself or it's Tuesday through Thursday and Sundays has always been my best days too. If I happen to do the weekend, but Tuesday through Thursdays is the best. We usually start our marketing on a Sunday or a Monday, usually about 48 hours to 72 hours before your first call is a great window of time for your first webinar. Some people think the day of is great. It, 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 I, I like at least 48 hours before this next webinar so people can put it on their calendar, mentally prepare for it, block it off on their schedule versus the day of, okay? So Tuesday through Thursdays are typically the best and I usually use, use about two options there, okay? Which leads us to our next question is, what is the best time of the week to host webinars? Now, outside the just-in-time, which is whenever your 
registrant lands on the page, it's usually always available within 15 minutes. But if for any reason they can't attend in 15 minutes, I always give them two options, which is typically in the afternoon between 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern and 8 or 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, I do this based on Eastern time. If you're on Pacific Central, you still don't know your time zones, feel free to look it up. But 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern or and 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern in addition to the just-in-time. Okay, that's for automation. If you're using GoToWire or a set time, set date, those are the two times I would choose. And then if, uh, again, if you're automated route, doesn't really matter. Just make sure you have the 15-minute time always available. Okay, so Tuesday through Thursday, 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, how many times should I host a webinar in a week? Is there such thing as too many times? It all comes down to how you position it in front of your registrant. Like I said before, if you're making, if you're showing them you have 15 times available, well, you can go ahead and take off the like live feeling completely off the table. Everyone knows that you're not going to be hosting 15 webinars. At some point, these are going to be replays or whatnot. That's why I'm always making about two to three episodes or two to three times available to kind of have that balance and still give them the impression like, okay, maybe these are live, okay? Now, as a standard, I host at least four to six webinars per promotion. Now, sometimes at most, I'll do two a day. Very rarely do I do three. Three is too much in my opinion if you're doing it a more of a manual process, but at least two a day. If it's automated, it doesn't matter, right? It's always two available and it's uh, a bit harder to calculate that for again for automated webinars because all it comes down to is when the registrant clicks the link, but for a pre-scheduled or a like live calls, you know, I'll promote a webinar possibly about six times. I have one guy in my space. If it's a huge list, if the webinar is doing really, really, really well, there really isn't a limit. He'll do eight, 10, even 14 webinars but it's all based on the marketing he sends out and there's waves, right? Like your initial webinar, you shut it down. People are like, oh no, I missed it. Okay, I'm gonna make this available for the next 48 hours. But once this is done, it's done. Okay, we had a lot of people send in, you know, support tickets saying they missed it. Can I put on another, you know, like there are ways to position it. Just stay true and don't use too much false scarcity. If you say you're going to shut it down, shut it down. If you reopen it for 24 hours, only keep it open for 24 hours, okay? But I would think to give a webinar a true chance at success, you need to give it at least two to four times. At least two playbacks because the first one could be a fluke or the first one went really well and the second one didn't do that well. I need another round of webinars just to prove the concept. So I'll negotiate with my affiliates saying, hey, if you're not feel comfortable sending out six, you know, doing six webinars and you only do two or four, let's start with two. And if you like the results and you know, whatever your benchmark is, if we hit that, do you feel more comfortable sending out maybe another, setting up two more webinars uh, and seeing how that does, right? I never want to force an affiliate to do something that I want if they're uncomfortable with it. I like them to tell me what they're comfortable with and I'll fit myself within those parameters, okay? But two to four is a minimum. Six is a really strong number. If the sales are really, really good, then I do, I'll do just add in additional sessions and then curb my marketing to fit that, uh, fit that extra promotion, okay? Now, as I said before, I have seen some affiliates do like 14 or 18 over the span of 10 days. Uh, again, I only do two webinars a day if it's manual or I'll promote 
seven to 10 days if it's automated and it's doing well, okay? Again, if you're including a shutdown or a 24-hour reopen and another shutdown, this is how you add the extra days in and justify the reopening of your offer, okay? Now, again, this all does come down to the relationship that you have with your list and how you're segmenting your list. Now, if you're not segmenting your list, I highly recommend you keep your numbers lower to around the four to six range. And what I mean by that is if you keep hitting your main list, hey, there's a webinar, hey, we're starting now, hey, we're a webinar, and the other 80% of your list or the other 50% of your list have already shown a disinterest in the topic, now you're just spamming them, right? Now, if you're segmenting those people out who have not clicked on anything since the start of this promotion, and now you're kind of into it and they're still not clicking, then you only wanna to speak to those who have opened your emails, not those who haven't, okay? Or you could flip that around, meaning, okay, all these people who have opened have not shown interest. Now we wanna just focus on those who haven't opened. You can do it either way. It really comes down to how you wanna target the list. I like focusing mainly on people who open my emails versus those who don't. Really up to you, right? Now. The last thing that you want to do is host one webinar only. I'm going to reiterate that one more time. If all you're doing is like, okay, I'm going to test my webinar for the first time. It's on Wednesday. We're only doing a one time. All the marketing says that. It feels like you're wasting an opportunity with automated webinars, meaning you're only setting up one time when you have the ability to stretch it out and then let your, your clicks trickle in over the next few days versus a one day, once it's over and your residual click-throughs come in, it goes to a, sorry, this is over, which there are benefits to that, right? Oh, you missed it. Oh no, I missed it. And you create FOMO, but you're not maximizing your sales opportunities. You're At that point, you're highly dependent on the follow-up sequence, which we're also gonna talk about later. Crucial, crucial to the process, but it really comes down to having multiple options. Always offer your people multiple options. It'll completely change the game for you, all right? Now, in my download, I'm also gonna give you guys the exact sample schedule that I use regarding when I set up the times, when I set up my reminders, my text reminders, my email reminders. I'll give you guys a rough, quick um, explanation here. Now. Let me just give you a quick sample. If I was supposed to host a webinar on Tuesday, following the schedule I gave you at a 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time, in order to maximize this first day of promotions, I'm gonna start 48 hours before, meaning either on a Sunday or a Monday, and it's all driving traffic to my Tuesday call with additional options, even on a Wednesday, but it's always gonna be three times, right? Two on Wednesday, one on Wednesday, I mean, two on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, and given the options, when the Tuesday call is done, I remove that one and then make it Tuesday, one call in the evening, and then two calls on Wednesday at the exact same times, okay? Now, I always send out an email in the morning between eight o'clock to, at the latest, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, some people say 3 p.m. Eastern. Reason why is I either wanna be at the front of their inbox in the morning at the front of their inbox sometime in the afternoon after they've done their first round of purging, right, of their emails, or right after lunch when they're kind of at their desk checking their next round of emails, okay? Anything after lunch towards the end of business, if it's already 2, 3 p.m. Eastern, I would recommend not sending out any emails and just waiting till the next day because think about what you're doing at, at work. Around three or four in the afternoon, 
are you planning on sitting out like checking emails and doing extra work until five or, or are you planning on checking out at four thirty or five? Right. And then when you go home is the first thing you do is get on your computer and check your emails. No, you're spending time with family. You're unwinding, you're meeting up friends to grab a drink. And when you get home, you're ready to start the next day. Very rarely are people checking their emails into the evenings unless they know they have a webinar coming up, right? That's why I like to say about 48 hours ahead of time so that people can schedule this time. Now I do this once every day until the day of the webinar. And on that day is when segmentation is crucial, right? So what I mean by that is in the morning, I send out to everybody on my list. Then in the afternoon, right before the webinar, I also hit up everybody in the list. Again, this is the first webinar. So I wanna give everybody on my list the opportunity to know, hey, we're about to start, we're about to start, we're about to start. And then write 30 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes. I like 30 minutes before based on how big your list size is. Sometimes it can take anywhere between 50, you know, 10 to 20 minutes to get all of your emails out. It's not like a push a button and 100,000 go out. They do them in bulk or do that in, yeah, they do it like in bulk sending. So 30 minutes for your starting now email, very short and sweet. Hey, we're starting. Can you join us? Click the button and then they can get in. Um, then a five to 10 minute text reminder. Basically, as soon as I see it on my phone, they click on the button, it takes them into the call with a countdown timer, letting them know we're starting in five or 10 minutes. This is how you maximize the amount of people that get into your call within the last 60 minutes of it starting. If you miss the reminder email and you miss your text message reminder email, you will lose 10 to 15% of your attendance. You will lose 10 to 15% of your attendance. Again, I have done a thousands of these. Even if I just watched initial registration attempts, I can reverse engineer those numbers and be within five or 10% of those numbers. I'm pretty confident with uh, what I'm telling you here, okay? So it's crucial that you remind, you always send out text reminders and email reminders if you're able to control that, whether that's your own webinars or an affiliate webinar you're promoting internally, this is the best you can do for a webinar. This is also the best thing you can do to encourage your affiliates to do the same. Now, I make the suggestion all the time. Hey, these are the set times. Please remember to send out reminders. And there are still instances where I'm checking the registration report 30 minutes before, an hour before, and I still have double-digit double registrations. And if you don't know what that means, that's pitiful. And I know 100% that the affiliate did not send out those reminder emails and that usually irritates the heck out of me, right? Again, if we're all agreeing to do a webinar, it's an equal push, equal promotion, then we should be giving each other the best chance of success. We shouldn't just expect the affiliate to do all this extra work and I'm over here just copying their emails, pasting it and sending it in, whether the reg registrations are good or not, whether the timings are good or not. I don't care, that's all up to the affiliate to take care of. Then get ready for some Tons of disappointment, I'll tell you that. Lots of failed promotions. Um, and then that'll be the deterioration of your brand and your and your reputation in the space. Oh, every time I work with this affiliate, he sends crappy traffic or he doesn't have buyers. In, in reality, you do. You just haven't spent the effort to pay attention to these details that we're talking about today, okay? So that's the schedule. If you wanna get the download, it'll really map this out for you so you can kind of go play by play and figure out exactly what you wanna test. But Reminder emails are crucial. Text reminders are crucial. Um, as long as make sure you're TCPA compliant on your text minders um, and you're not spamming people that don't want to get your, their reminders, okay? So these are the most important 
things that you can do uh, to get people on your webinars, which if your conversions are there, it increases your sales, all right? All right, next thing is replays and follow-up. So I told you guys about the softwares, how you want to set up, which meeting are you going live, automated, if it's paid ads, not paid ads, how to set up your webinars to get the most amount of people onto your call. Again, I don't want to talk a lot about the features. You can get into the, the document that I'm giving you to get those details, right? Next, I want to talk about what happens after the webinar is done. In most cases, people are like, "Woo, I made it. I survived. I got all these buyers or I got a handful of buyers. Let's focus on servicing them, supporting them. And then they forget about all the people who registered for their webinar and either didn't attend or attended and did not buy. Okay. Now we're going to split this up into two categories. And all you have to understand here is if you're in sales, you're in marketing, there is money in the follow-up. The people who are doing it right set up a very nice follow-up campaign based on the registrations and they also retarget them via ads, okay? If you're not doing one or the other, highly recommend you do this now. Whether you have a sales team of one or using a follow-up campaign, bottom line, do not skip this step, okay? Now, there are two categories to follow up with. You have one, which is very, very common, are attendee non-buyers. These are the people who registered, attended for the webinar, and did not buy, okay? Your next one is they registered and did not attend. All you need to know here is that if they registered, they showed interest. It could be a 1% interest or a 99% interest. Life happened and they couldn't attend. We need to get in front of them as quick as possible to maximize that attention, all right? Now, after a webinar is completed, again, most affiliates will redirect their attention to servicing or upselling their existing buyers and ignore everyone else. I'm here to tell you, don't do that, all right? For A and Bs, attending non-buyers, there's a great um, there's are great for replay slash urgency and sales floor follow-up, okay? If they showed interest and they registered and they attended, these are all motivational factors that a skilled salesperson can anchor to and close. Let me say that again. These are all motivational factors that a skilled salesperson can anchor to and close. The flip side of that is when you're buying traffic and a cold lead comes in, they schedule an appointment with a salesperson, now they're dealing with a cold lead. This is the least motivated compared to a webinar. They've already showed action on multiple fronts, now we need to refocus that action into buying a product, okay? Also, there are ways you can use urgency tactics that work well too. You know, letting them know that the special offer is ending, meaning they attended, they saw the offer, they didn't buy, they're thinking about it. Giving them that urgency may get them off that fence, right? Or letting them know that the replay is about to be taken down. So if they registered, they didn't attend, and they want to watch it again, letting them know, hey, I'm about to take this away, we'll get more people watching it, right? It stirs up interest again. Now, typically on follow-up, it can go as long as 17 to, seven to 14 days post-webinar. Well, like Frank, well, how long is long? I've seen things go as long as 30 days, especially with retargeting in place. And what you gotta know here is if I'm sending emails out to affiliate A's webinar, 
saying this guy's awesome you should watch it and watch it and watch it and the webinar is over for me and i start sending emails then like after my promotion's over i start sending out content watch my videos do this and now they're getting emails from the other person about doing joining the webinar and watching the replay and we still get credit for those sales excuse me we're not pissing them off by keep beating a dead horse we're now letting affiliate take over and try to recapture hopefully over these seven days they've built a relationship with everybody who attended the webinar and now they're trying to help you do some additional closing without it coming from you so you don't have to exhaust your list anymore that's the benefit but they're like well what well frank i don't want them keeping my leads and i don't want them continuing to mail them other products there are things that you can set in place, meaning affiliate can tag your leads and tell them to remove it after the uh, initial follow-up, and there's ways to prove that. Or you can just tell them like, hey, after the initial promotion's done, I don't really want you to follow up with them. Can you just remove my leads and protect your, ta uh, protect your leads that way? It's really, really up to you. Again, it's all about maintaining that transparency on the very beginning of the agreement, saying before you guys even push send to start the promotion, let them know, I don't want my leads... Uh, follow up with right that's all up to you to say and up to you to follow up with them it doesn't happen do they still do this uh sometimes absolutely do they lie or do they keep your leads there are people who sometimes do this that's why it's very important to join their list and if we're using like a incognito email address so if you end up getting an email three four you know months later offering you something else you'd be like what the heck man right so there are things you can put in place just be weary of that, okay? Now, based on the lead tags, you can actually create simple follow-up that delivers what they need. And what I mean by that is you can get a little bit even more uh, detailed in the follow-up. If they registered and did not attend, you can send them a link to the replay or webinar registration, right? Based on that action. So they registered, they didn't attend the webinar, so they never watched it. I do want them to watch it. So I'm gonna send them a, a direct to the replay. Or if the registration process, again, we can get them to register, watch the replay that way to recapture that lead. I always try to remove as many barriers away as possible. So I'd probably send them directly to the replay so they don't have to opt in again, okay? Because I already got their information. You could also even take it a step further by identifying when they left the webinar. This is where it starts getting real ninja, right? Because if they stayed through to the end, meaning more than 30 minutes, more than 45 minutes, that's another layer of qualification, right? Meaning they were actually, uh, what is it? You capture their interest, right? I was almost saying encapsulated, but you capture their interest and they stayed in, and know a little bit more about your product which gives you more leverage when speaking to them or at least retargeting them with specific ads. Now, they would have seen the offer and they may be a better lead for your sales team versus someone who didn't watch the webinar at all. So some of my clients will set tags into place and like every webinar, you can set a tag where if they watch 30 minutes, they'll, they'll enter it into funnel. If they stayed all the way through the end and saw the offer, then there's another way they'll receive another marketing strategy, meaning, okay, they're gonna get the replay plus the buy link, or they'll just get a link direct to the order form. And within that email, it'll stack all the features or everything that they're getting, focus on the discount, the urgency. Again, taking that information, repurposing it in your follow-up campaign will get you additional closings. Most people think, okay, I got the registration, I got the buyers, all these people aren't interested. Let me just send them a replay. Let me just send them a replay without really thinking about it deeper, right? What 
are all the actions? How do I create a custom process that speaks directly to this specific subset of people? By being more thoughtful in this process, you're going to increase your conversions, period, okay? So if you don't have these things in place yet, it's very important to map it out. Whatever system you're using, think about it. You can do a mind map. They attended, did not attend, what I want to happen next. I wanna watch the replay. After they watched replay, if they still don't buy, follow up with like, hey, I noticed that you, you know, didn't take any action. And I will say it's about a two to three email follow-up. If you wanna go more than five, 10, 15 emails, I think that's a little bit excessive. There's what we call cyclers, meaning, you know, you're, it's a circular campaign, meaning if they don't take an action here, it kind of resets them back here and starts them back over again versus it getting real, 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 you know, complicated. Start simple, dial in your conversions, figure out what the metrics look like and what levers you can pull. Oh, when they don't initially buy, by this point in the campaign, most people are getting back into the webinar and buying. Study that process and figure out why people are coming back. Dial in these processes even more. But the structure is all there, meaning you have to have the webinar and you have to have the follow-up in place, okay? Then you focus on testing and dialing in things, okay? Now, understand that the rabbit hole can go as deep as you want. But if you're first starting out and don't have a sales team, you're a operation of one, two, or three, you know, one VA, one accounting person, and you're taking care of the rest, keep it simple, okay? Two to three email post-webinar directly to a replay page, followed by a shutdown, um, or directly to an order form with an urgency play is good enough, okay? By just including this extra little step, you're gonna recapture even 10 to 20% of sales. So if you're doing 20 units, 10 to 20 is an extra two to four units by just following up with people. That is a huge deal. It's the same equivalent as a webinar, but you're just recapturing people who are interested, okay? Otherwise, you would miss out on that sale. That can add up over a 12-month period, okay? So it all comes down to how you craft your email copy and your follow-up and, of course, the marketing around this set schedule. So I gave you guys an initial framework most people skip a lot of these steps. They record their webinars. They make sure all their buttons are working, but they miss the timings. They miss the reminder emails. They miss the text writer. These are micro conversion things that you should be implementing um, that's costing you dollars if you're not, okay? So rewatch this webinar if you need to, or you can go to thefiliateincubator.com forward slash podcast. You should be able to download our winning webinar formula where I talk to you about what softwares to use, the tracking, even setting up redirect links for your webinars, for your emails, a lot of best practices so you can avoid a lot of the headaches that I dealt with over the last 12 years. Now, these are things I still do every single day in my own business to help out my clients maximize their webinar opportunities with their internal offers and their affiliate offers. Um, We've done six figures, well into the seven figures every year following this format. So I really hope this helps you out. Um, this is all we got for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, be, be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Um, and follow us on our socials with uh, micro, micro content. We're going to share little tips like this here and there in 30 to 45 minute seconds. So you can immediately implement it into your business. 
I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I love doing these podcasts and interacting with you. So feel free to leave comments. Let me know if there's anything specific you want to learn about. Uh, and I'll be sure to cover that in the coming episode. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one. Take care and bye-bye.